All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey everybody! Welcome to Barn Burner here on a Monday. It's uh, it's Boomer along with look at the redster, not the uh, not the usual spot sitting at the kitchen table. I, and again, I, no Ryan Pinder. He uh, yeah, what? I still can't get over you and your shades. Like it's just <laughs> it's to the point now I'm not I'm waking it's not... up with with yeah. a headache. I don't know what's. I have to go back and see the guy. I don't want to get anyway. We got stuff to talk about. I don't know All how right. it happens when when. Uh, can you have breaking news when you have a podcast? Because a podcast isn't supposed to be about any set time. But as we are recording this on Monday morning, uh, there is breaking news. And uh, there's a lot of people watching live with us on YouTube. Subscribe. Subscribe to the channel. Like and thumbs up and all that. Uh, more Calgary Flames news as Daryl Sutter has been relieved of his duties by the Calgary Flames. So it's it was two Monday, two weeks pretty much to the day, right? Since... Let it be known that he was not going to be returning. Now the Flames will be looking for a head coach as well. Frank Cervalli is uh, is standing by. Let's bring Frank in. We have uh, we have him for a, a little bit of time here as we get into it. Uh, you took some some jabs on social media when you came on a few weeks ago, and you said there's going to be change. And I don't know if it I don't know what it's going to be, but the the coach and GM there's going to be change. And people are like, well, thanks, tips, thanks for the breaking news. Yet here we are. A, a couple weeks later, and in fact, a major shakeup. It's rare that this kind of a shakeup happens where 
where both go. Sometimes a new GM will come in and then outfit his team accordingly. But I guess before we get that far, just your thoughts on the news coming out today and the timing of it. There was no viable path for Daryl Sutter to return as the Calgary Flames head coach. That's the easiest way to explain it. He had alienated so many people in the organization from the front office to assistant coaches to uh, equipment guys, trainers, and then the vast majority of the locker room. I'd say there's still maybe a handful of guys that were, you know, the sort of Daryl Sutter diehards that were willing to play for him moving forward. But there was such vitriol expressed during the exit interviews, which Don Maloney as new president of hockey operations was a part of, that they knew then they had no choice but to go in this direction. Now you could ask the question and we'll get into it. Is this ass backwards to have your GM essentially walk because he needs to make a coaching change and isn't really allowed to do so? And then you end up firing the coach anyway. You know what? There's all sorts of questions about timing, but the bottom line and takeaway is this. Don Maloney knew when he walked out of the room that there was only one path for this team to, to be competitive, to make the moves that it would need to make, to have a copacetic team next year. And it was with Daryl Sutter, not in Calgary. No, Red, I got to bring you in because I heard you laughing. I remember the day your living was let, w did not come back. I said, so this has to mean then, this has to mean that Daryl is coming back. Because if only a few weeks down the road, Daryl is out, then why would Treliving have left? Yet, here we are, as we seemingly take steps towards getting things in order, it still feels rather dysfunctional. It does feel very dysfunctional. Although maybe... Uh... Maybe it is dysfunctional, but maybe all this falling apart is what needs to happen. I mean, you consider last summer and now this, there's not a team that has had more turmoil than the Calgary Flames. You lose all those guys last year. You try to bring in new guys. You got a GM and coach that apparently couldn't get along, weren't talking. Guys don't like the coach. You let the GM go, which makes everybody think the coach is coming back because he has a two-year deal, and a few weeks later the coach is gone. I'm, I, whatever's the right decision is the right decision. I, I'm not adding my opinion on who should go and who should have stayed, but if a clean slate is what's needed, let's go with it. Let's get all the feelers out and get the right people in place to do a good job. Maybe get this team turned around with all those other those guys that came in last year clearly weren't happy let's find out if they are happy if they can produce better to, to answer rare? the question about um time frame and you know if you could go back and unring the bell and if daryl sutter was going to be gone right from the start would that mean that brad tree living is still here and if you want to take this the question a, a step further and say does that mean that there's a chance that Brad Tree Living and the Calgary Flames could be reunited. I did ask that question uh, in the last hour, and I'm told that that is not a path the Flames are likely to consider going down. Never say never, but seems unlikely. Is it? Well, I know it's rare, but do you know of a situation, Frank, where 
a coach is fired before his extension kicks in because as we know daryl was given a, a two-year extension that would have taken him through the next two seasons he's still on the original deal it's it, it's mind-boggling almost uh there it has happened before i i don't have the names off the top of my head but i i know that it's happened um and to be fair this was always sort of a, a i don't want to say a possibility I think the indication was when this contract extension was signed was that at some point during this two-year extension, you're going to be paying Daryl Sutter to not coach. I don't think anyone thought that it would be before it kicks in, but let's rewind. And I've talked about this in the past. This was never part of the plan. The plan was to have Daryl Sutter come in, write the ship, and then pass the torch to someone else. He won Jack Adams. The Flames won their division. The wheels fell off this past season. But before the wheels fell off, there was really never supposed to be another contract. They, they veered off to the side here. And that's where I think they really got themselves in trouble. You're off, uh, Rhett. He's gone again. Um, now, they start this, you go back a year, and I, and I understand Kachuk leaves and Huberto leaves. So the whole kind of nucleus of the team, or at least the, well, the high, the high powered offense of the team changes. They come into the season, however, to a five and one start. And it seems too simplistic, but the loss to the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid scores a bad goal from the sideboards and it beats Jacob Markstrom. And then Markstrom goes into a tailspin and the team goes into a tailspin and seemingly they didn't recover. Is it too easy to almost point to that, to that mark? Cause I don't know a year ago, if we were really hearing how unbearable Daryl Sutter was as coach or that he needed to be replaced or any of that things seemed to be just fine. Thank you very much. Yeah, we weren't really hearing a ton of it. I think everyone had managed to get along. And when you win, that helps. But when you're, we, and we've, we talked about this a bunch of times throughout the year. And I think Rhett was really the first person that watches this team closely to say and have the personal experience to say, he's pushing too hard right now. You can tell by the way the team's playing. This was like the second week in October that we were having this discussion. And I believe it started in training camp that the idea that he had gotten this extension basically reinforced every single thing that he thought made him successful and made him bulletproof. I think that is a big part of why this season played out the way that it did to the point where he pushed so hard that by January, and if you look, you, even just watching the, the cutaway shots of him behind the bench, he was forced to change his tone in a big way in terms of how he addressed the players and his, his attitude. But by then it was too, too little too late. Like there was no coming back from the damage that was done by, I don't know, January or February. The, it was cooked. And just guys had had enough. You know, a, a, a recent example, um, you know, toward the end of the season, the last couple of weeks, at, at one point I'm told Daryl Sutter expressed frustration on the bench for the power play and how, you know, it hadn't worked out. And the answer from the players was like, 
we didn't work on the power play one time this season, like, like literally not once. So if you want to be critical of the power play, then maybe we should have worked on it. We got your back in, Rhett. I believe. Can you hear me now? You're there. Yes, sir. Good to go. Anyway, I, the power play stuff. See, you guys, those power play guys are always whining, so it's, you can never make them happy. But anyway, I, I cut out there, so I don't even know if you addressed it. So, But the only thing that went sideways here is that we lost your living, and Sutter was going to be gone at the end of this year anyway. It's just that your living is not there now for the, for the organization. And is it possible he wasn't going to come back anyway? I don't know. Like, it seems like we're ending up at the same spot we were going to without Daryl. And, and Frankie's right about last year, you know, with the Jack Adams and all that, you're winning. You don't have to push as hard or push as many buttons. And you actually shouldn't push as many buttons. You want, I mean, the Bruins lose out last night, but did Montgomery have to coach a lot with that team? They're winning and they're letting guys play and that room coached itself. So uh, my only concern is who are they going to bring in that can get these guys to rally? I mean, Daryl clearly, I don't know how he did it last year. It was able to have a one year kind of glorious season. And then the next year completely lose control of the dressing room. Cause it sure sounds that way. And I guess the change is the, the, the players. So, it's all fine and good to throw this at Daryl Sutter's feet. But to me, it all comes back to the players and who are they going to respond to? Because they've, you know, again, not to fight that Daryl should still be there. But now the players have spoken in a way. You've got your change. What's the results? Because you better come out and do some impressing for the fans in Calgary. You're not wrong like this. No one's absolving the players here. And to be fair, there is a ton of influx, I would imagine, that's still yet to come on the player side. You're going to find out this summer who wants to be here and who doesn't. And I think that's part of it. Um, to answer your question as to who is next, well, I believe the general manager position needs to be filled first before answering that question. And I'm still not entirely certain why Craig Conroy wasn't promoted to the position from the be beginning, the same exact moment in time when Don Maloney was, unless Don Maloney has come in here, you know, wearing the latex gloves to execute the kill. And then now you can hire that next GM who doesn't have to have the blood on his hands, maybe. But I will say this from a coaching perspective, they're, they're not there yet. They're not ready to make that decision. But every indication that I have strongly points toward Mitch Love coming from the Wranglers directly to the Calgary Flames bench. Of course, Wranglers are in their uh, their opening round, second round, their first round of the AHL playoffs. So are are we of the understanding this was the, the Don Maloney took care of this or, or does it go higher up? Oh, it, it goes all the way to the very top. I believe there yeah. was a meeting this morning, if I'm not mistaken, uh, between Don Maloney and um, Mary Edwards of Calgary Sports and Entertainment. And the idea was to um, basically present his findings. You've had a chance now for a couple of weeks to review and find out more information, get more background 
As I mentioned, Don Maloney was sitting in on the exit interviews that took place. So it wasn't a report that was passed on from Brad Tree Living who conducted these meetings to Don Maloney. This is firsthand, out of the horse's mouth information that he gathered himself to then present that to Mary Edwards to make his case. So um, yes, my understanding is that this was Don Maloney's call. This was his recommendation. And I believe he provided irrefutable evidence that there was no path forward for Daryl Sutter to return as coach. All right, I know you gotta run and do some other stuff. I just wanted to make that clear that uh, Don Maloney was given the given the green light to do what the other GM wasn't allowed to do, but two weeks ago it seems. I so I I, I want to clarify that before I go too because um, I, I think if push really came to shove, and that's really what the call was of Mary Edwards sitting there having to make the choice between Daryl Sutter and, and Brad true living. Like, I think it's a little more nuanced than that. That's the ultimate reason he ends up walking, but the expectation was you can manage this guy. You know, you can do this, you can handle it. And it's like, just because Brad true living might be able to manage that doesn't mean that he should. And doesn't mean that every other person that works in that organization and has direct contact on a daily basis needs to come to work miserable every day. And that's really the root of all of this is, you know, that was the change that needed to be made. And I think there was an expectation of like, oh, well, we might just be able to get by. And Brad Tree Living sort of drew a line in the sand and said like, no, that's, that's not how it's gonna work. And I'm, I'm gonna move on. Now we, again, I mentioned, ask backwards, like this should have just taken place two weeks ago. It would have just been clean and cut and dry. Yeah. Frank, thanks very much, buddy. Appreciate you jumping in today. We'll talk to you tomorrow. There See you guys. You betcha. So it, I, I, I don't, I, just thoughts. We, we've talked about this and I know that we go at Daryl and you've been, you've kind of thrown up. It's like, well, it's just, just, it's not just a Daryl Sutter thing. And I think everybody sees that. I think everybody can agree to that, that there's player accountability, management, coaching, beyond head coach. I'm sure there, there's lots of responsibility to go around. Are you more surprised that Daryl is out than Trilliving? I guess I'm just surprised in the... How, how it played out the chain of I'm events yeah the chain that's the, that's what i was looking for i'm surprised at the yeah. chain of events it's what we talked about when Treliving walked away we're like huh well that must mean that the power struggle has been handed to daryl as a win and, and again i'm not for or against either i've said i think daryl did a poor job this year of handling that room and that team They've done an awkward job of handling all of this now. Yeah. And I'm fine with where they've ended up. Clean slate. I've said it from the start. They, I'm already moving past it because it's so awkward and weird that get a good GM in place. I don't know why they haven't given the job to Craig Conroy, but perhaps they're interviewing Craig or Brad Pasco. He's clear if, if Mitch Love is moving in, 
he's the guy that's probably working the closest with Mitch Love. So maybe there's a relationship there that's being, and there's other guys out there for sure. But if Craig Conroy now gets the GM job, again, it's weird. Do I care? No. But it's just an awkward, weird chain of events and how this is all unfolding. And my fear now goes to, it's weird. Like Daryl getting fired today, I I wanted to talk about Bonus and his comments after the Jets game, after they get eliminated. And then Wheeler coming out and speaking the way he did. And, and what I wanted to get to was it's become almost acceptable in a world where it was not acceptable at all to question your coach and put the heat to him and publicly criticize almost and and players basically you know the players always had a lot of power and a lot of sway and a lot of say but they usually did it behind closed doors almost and now it's almost like we don't care we'll say what we want we're the people playing if we don't like the coach we're going to get him we're going to get him canned. And anyway, I'm just concerned now with who could come in and manipulate that team or not manipulate, but get that team to gel together. Because I think the issue that Daryl had, and he didn't do a good job of it, but he did a great job of it the year before. So it's confusing because he's not a bad coach, but he's a hard coach. Why did this group fail so drastically under him where the year before they were fine? Does it speak to issues in the dressing room? Or was it all Daryl? Or if you go That's... back even further, does, does this contribute to why Goudreau and Kachuk both left at the end of last season? Even though we didn't well, hear about all of this gnashing of teeth about Daryl Sutter this and Daryl Sutter that, maybe it does go back to last season because you said winning, winning takes a lot of that friction away. 100%. You win hockey games and usually you've got a tight team. Now, obviously guys want it out. I just want... <laughs> anyway, it's it's very confusing in how it all plays out. It's kind of fun and exciting now because you get to, oh, they're talking to this guy. Oh, maybe this guy. Oh, what about this guy? This guy would be a good fit. I, I don't know. I think that if you're a GM looking at this team... You, you probably like the situation better than if Daryl was here because walking into a organization where one GM has walked away and felt like he lost a power struggle with the coach. And you got a bunch of guys that are saying they don't want to play and they got big contracts. What do you, that's a tough spot for any GM. At least now you can bring in a coach. You can appease players in that aspect and say, okay, I'm the new GM. I got to bring in a coach that I trust, a guy that I think can can work with my players. The other scenario was not very good, right? Like it, it, that was a tough, shitty scenario for any GM to walk into, and it might open it, it up to more people. Yeah, it just it does it as you bass backwards, and it kind of that's it does seem that way. And maybe maybe you don't get to this point if Brad Living doesn't walk away and signal. And to what extent the the discourse is and that's what my that you know in the back of my head i'm like that might be brad true living may have given the greatest gift he could give by walking away and by giving a gift to the fans and the followers of flames because he drew a line in the sand and was like no this is 
This is not a situation that's working. It's not going to work. There's no massaging this. There's no kumbaya. There's no hands and holding hands and finding a, a rally song that we're going to get. It's not working. And he recognized it and had the backbone to say, I'm out. If this is how it's going to be, I don't want to be part of it and give up on a job that only there's only 32 of like, I got to give them some credit. That's some big balls to do something like that. I do wonder though, if you are ownership and if you are the powers that be that give the green light to, for the firing of Sutter today, if your general manager who you'd extended a contract extension to was at the point where he said, no, thanks. This is not a, this is not a situation where I can work. This is not, would that not have been enough? Would you not have said, okay, wait, seriously, like, you're not coming back. There's 32 of these in the world. Where are we at with this? Would that not be the, it just still be... seems. Uh, back ass, ass back, whatever you want to call it. It is still, you're right. It 100% is, but I'm trying to say if they're getting to the same, you know, for living won't yeah, be there, yeah. but if you're getting to a clean slate <laughs> anyway, well, I guess what difference does it make? One guy goes earlier or later, whatever whatever I, I i'm not convinced next year is is a return to first place so i uh, i'll make that statement right now i don't care who you bring in is it possible absolutely you got a goalie that can play he might be better they were close anyway it's certainly a possibility but i don't think it's a inevitability We have some stuff to do in the show today. We'll have the Pinder report. Pinder away until, uh, I don't know, some other time. He's away for a bit. Uh, we are going to have a special guest joining us uh, near the bottom of the hour. Uh, we talked about his story last week, and we're going to visit with David Murphy coming up a little bit later on. A guy who inspired Charles Barkley. Usually it's the other way around. I'm inspired, inspired by Charles Barkley, but uh, this is the other way around that. So we'll talk to David coming up in a little bit. Want to mention the Hearing Loss Clinic since 1993. Hearing Loss Clinic founded with a simple mission, making a positive difference in people's lives. Hearing loss, hearing impairment, not something that you need to deal with in social situations, at home, in your relationship, and serious health risks have been, have been linked, medically proven to uh, untreated hearing loss for Calgary locations. Plus go to the website, hearingloss.ca, multiple locations uh, just across in, uh, in Southern BC in that area. So if you're, you know, come on now, if you, you love Fernie, you love skiing, get your hearing taken care of on Instagram, the hearing loss clinic at uh, on Twitter at the hearing loss. They are the very best at what they do. Nine, I believe, total locations, four of them in Calgary, a 2022 Chamber of Commerce Professional Services Excellent Award winner. Good folks at the Hearing Loss Clinic, hearingloss.ca is the website. Where are we for time? You know, let's do it. Let's, uh, I'm going to skip ahead to, uh, to the Pinder report, which I believe I have here somewhere. This whole, you know, the, the whole Treliving News came out just... Uh, seconds before we were going to start this thing a couple weeks ago, now today. Really pretty inconsiderate of uh, Barber. I mean, it's great prep and it's, you know, it's good content and stuff. But Nice for the content, um, but the rest. And of course, Pinder's away. 
Uh, Village Honda presents the Pinder Report. Get your piece of the million-dollar buy-in event. Get cash for that used vehicle of yours. Top dollar, and they'll throw in a tropical cruise to boot. See more at villagehonda.com. It's the Pinder Report. Now, of course, we just kind of continue on. The news of the day. Daryl Sutter is out, fired as the head coach of the Calgary Flames. 64 years old this year, 37, 28, and 17. 17 extra time losses. You wonder. There again, if you get a couple more goals and saves, are we? where are we sitting right now? They started 5-1, and one, then lost 7 straight, and it just never, they had no traction from then on. It's his second go-around in Calgary. You can see it there The uh, over the last three seasons. Also, going back to 03 to 06 was the head coach, then left the bench and went up as GM. Regular season head coaching record, three, a 737, 530, and 101. It's a lot. What it means is he is ninth all-time in wins. He is ninth all-time in games coached. And with two Stanley Cups, I would think this is a Hall of Fame uh, coach, regardless whether he coaches another game in his life or not. He is the reigning Jack Adams Trophy winner. Which the Flames? Uh, How many times does that happen? Bob Hartley. Well, yeah, Bob so Hartley twice he here, the, but it, does it happen yeah. in other places too? It feels like it's maybe not. It's like being on the cover of the of the the video game, game the and then you lose game. that year or the President's Trophy. But that, yeah, and then you're out of a job. I don't know. Next year. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stuff like that, where people, where you think you're doing really good, and then all of a sudden you're not doing so good. How about uh, what happened yesterday? A couple of absolute stunners in the NHL playoffs. Boston, Colorado are out. The Bruins, it's got to be the biggest shocker in NHL history. 43-point differential in the regular season between Florida and Boston. The Bruins lost on home ice seven times all season, and then three in the playoffs versus Florida. It's un- I don't know how... I mean, you picked them, but I have to... I think that was partly your... Uh, you know, Panther, once a Panther. Undef- a Panther. The Panthers happened? are undefeated. Undefeated against the Bruins in the playoffs. There you have it. Best regular season record in NHL history. President's Trophy. Led the series three games to one. Had a 3-2 lead with a minute left in the third. Ooh. But Carter Verhage turned out the lights. His second of the playoffs in overtime. Panthers take it in seven. And everybody wanted to know. We all, if you're watching the game, you saw how it all played out. You know our buddy Jack Edwards? Of course, he bleeds Boston blue. He loves the Bruins. He must have been taking this one hard. Here's the call from our buddy Jack. On him. Verhage wins the series for Florida. And this joyride ends in a Hindenburg-like ending. The Bruins are the second record-setting team in a row to drop the series in the first round. Mm. What? It's almost like he wasn't prepared for Boston to lose that thing. Oddly. I bet you if they'd have won, he'd have had something very, uh, oh, very, very succinct. Tight. And oh yeah, it would have been great. But there you see it. Brandon Montour with a pair of goals for Hagee. Now, for Hagee's quite a story. Third-round pick of Toronto in the 2013 draft. Spent some time in the East Coast League and in the AHL. Broke into the NHL in the 1920 season with Tampa Bay. Wins the Cup. 
then signs with Florida. He's there three years. His totals went from 18 to 24 to 42. Remember last year in Washington, there was also a Game 7 OT winner. Guess who scored it? Carter Verhage. This guy's got balls. So Florida, and, and one, one last thing on Verhage. They've won eight playoff games in the last two seasons. Verhage has the game winner in five of them. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. Are, okay, I wanted to ask you a question. Swayman, is that? Well, yeah. Do you it applaud felt, it? Or uh, you... it? It felt like the right move, to be honest. It kind of did. It's not like you were going to some unknown backup. They had they had split some time. Allmark was tremendous, but Swayman was. Uh, I mean, it's hard to hard to defend it now. But if you went to Allmark again and you lose, everyone would. Well, why wouldn't you have gone to to Swayman? Did you not have any any trust in him? What did you think? I thought again, easy today to say, but I would have played him in Game Six in Florida. Ah, uh, yeah. I just, you couldn't have expected any of it. No. And for, for Jim Montgomery, for all those players, to, to go back after a game five or whatever and think, we, we better really think about who we're starting in net. <laughs> it was, we're finding a way. Like Florida's good. We know they're good, but we're going to find a way. Um, emotions high afterwards for Captain Patrice Bergeron. And I don't know if you, you saw this, but... Um, some thought he might have been done at the end of last season. You have to wonder as you watch the emotions here with David Krejci and then, of course, with Brad Marchand. It feels like teammates for life. This looks like a guy who's played his last game, don't you think? Sure does. I think I'm froze up there, but yeah. It, uh, when I saw that hug, I when all the other hugs, I wasn't thinking too much about it. But that one to me said, it's lights out. Yeah. So a, uh, that is going to feel like a, it's going to feel like a uh, long summer. I think well, they had probably the put like, off a lot of vacation plans. They'd have held off yeah. doing all kinds of stuff with family. The, mm. the emotional awkwardness that they're waking up with this morning. That's We lost to Anaheim that year where we won the division or whatever it was. And then you lose in game seven and you wake up the next day and you go, ooh, this... This was not part of the plan at all. Like, we're supposed to have two months more of hockey. Yeah. What am I going to do? And I'll bet you, if I'm a Boston Bruin, I'm guessing they did much like we did, get the hell out of town. Like, not hanging around in Boston to get heckled by everybody. Man. First round. Also shocking, but not to that level, because I don't know if there's ever been one quite to that level. The Avalanche are done. They fall to Seattle in Game 7 by a score of 2-1. to one. Philip Grubauer getting it done against his former team, Oliver Bjorkstrand, with a pair of goals. So we're almost now set for round number two tonight. There you have it. Nathan McKinnon, a goal disallowed for offside. I I, I, I had the I think Seattle deserves yeah, but I think yeah, Seattle deserves this win. They played hard. I, like I said it a week ago, I hadn't really watched them uh, or paid attention to them. 
I watched them in this series, and they were flying. They were the more aggressive team. They were the team playing with pace. They were the team playing with determination. They they, they deserved that win. Yeah. You almost wonder if they're the Vegas Golden Knights just one year later, right? That expansion team, and then they everything comes together at the right time, and they play their balls off. And Anyway, happy for them. Uh, tonight... It is the final game of round number one. It's a game seven. After going down two games to none, New Jersey won the next three, and then it was the Rangers staving off elimination. So the winner will move on and play Carolina. Game time is uh, six o'clock local time here. And there you see it. Nine points, six goals for Chris Kreider. He's been great. Fox over a point a game. So do you have a... Akira Schmid came in. He's been great for New Jersey and net. You got a vibe for tonight? I have no vibe. I thought the Rangers had this one wrapped up after winning the first two in New Jersey. And then I thought Jersey had it all the way yeah. back when they go up three games to two. So I'm a little, I, she's a coin flip right now. I'll tell you what, you know what, what hurt, at least from where I'm, where I'm sitting, what hurt this series in, in terms of my enjoyment of it was the two nothing lead and convincingly so by the Rangers. I just shifted off my focus and started watching other series. We felt like this was going to be a hell of a series coming in, and it's going to seven games. It's just not really hmm, kind of how we thought it was going to go. Um, what do we know about round number two? Tuesday, the Leafs will open against Florida at home. Seattle will head to Dallas. And the other two series, Edmonton, Vegas, and then Carolina versus the Devils or Rangers will go on Wednesday. There you have it. Oh, yeah, and the Leafs won. Did you hear about that? Oh, they advanced. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment. Did you, uh, before, yeah, I know, before we move on, I had the video of Jordan Eberle. Did you see or have thoughts on this one? The uh, check along the side boards on Andrew Cogliano. It's not a good one. And somehow he, he doesn't get suspended. Cogliano has a broken neck as a result of this check. Oof, man, the way his neck snaps there. And I know Colorado uh, I not, is some sour. Did I not talk about this a couple months ago about kids hockey? I know I said it to people uh, around here. and then I, It feels like to me there's more of these hitting in the numbers going on in all levels of hockey. I don't, I don't know what. Do, do we need the stop signs again on the jerseys? What are we doing? That's gross. That is a gross hit. Yeah. And it almost doesn't matter. Is he off balance or is he bent over? It's irrelevant. You it's in the you numbers. Hit, you hit him right in the numbers. Tough one. Tough one for sure. Anyway, uh, the Leafs are moving off to uh, round number two. First time since April 20th of 2004. Eliminating Tampa Bay in six games. Pretty good series. Pretty good finish. Gave you everything that you could have wanted. Um, for some perspective on just how long it's been, uh, good guy, our buddy Ian Mendez, who I'm sure is a great, he and Alex must be thick as thieves out in Ottawa. Uh, but Ian Mendez of The Athletic put on his Twitter this weekend, and I think a lot of people were doing that. The last time the Leafs won a series, this is what the number one song was, and this is what this was, this is what that was. Um, Ian Mendez tweeted, The last time Toronto won a playoff series, my wife was pregnant with our first child. This week, I picked that same kid up from university. 
so there you go. It's uh, It's been a minute. Leafs first team in playoff history to win three overtime games on the road in the same series. Riley game three, Kerfoot game four, Tavares game seven, and your buddy, Mark Giordano, off to the second round for the first time in his career. You must be. Nice. Have you been trading texts and been yeah, well wishes? Lots of texts. No, I don't want to bother. Yeah. Playoffs. You got to shut your phone off That's in right, the playoffs. Gotta, There's no yeah, time. Just stay away. Um, let's take a listen. There's uh, there's no one quite like Joe Bowen, the radio voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He gets very excited. Now he's in a boardroom in Toronto while the team is in Tampa. That's a, you know. That's a terrestrial radio thing that we don't need to talk about. But here was Joe Bowen with the, the call on this suddenly legendary goal in Game 7. Nice Six. back of the net for Tavares. Tavares coming out. Sends it in a goal. They score! They score! Holy Mackinac! They score! Morgan Riley! Mo, Mo, Mo Riley! The Leafs have won it! They're going to the second round! Do you believe this? Holy Mackinac! It's a two, it's a double up on the Holy Mackinac, right? If you were keeping track at home, so the Leafs are through. Um, what's that saying? Act like you've been there before. Is that yeah? Uh, that what it was the only yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> you know what though? I there's so much pressure on those guys, the coaches and the players. I I get it. It did look like they were celebrating something more than just a round one win, but. It had to feel like that. Are you happy? Because uh, last week you were saying you're kind of you're with the Leafs. Are you happy for the Leafs or what are you? Yeah, I'm a big Leafs guy. I can't wait for the Leafs Oiler final. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, again, speaking of Ottawa, it's like uh, it's like Alex is in her head. It sounds like Ryan Reynolds might have some competition. In the, the pursuit of buying these Ottawa Senators. Again, Ian Mendez of The Athletic reporting none other than Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg has aligned himself with Los Angeles entrepreneur Nico Sparks. The suggestion is the price may now eclipse a billion dollars. Sparks Group says they are, quote, not intimidated by the potential price tag. Who knew Ottawa had so much sex appeal to the, uh, the glitterati of the world, the uh, A-list celebrities? Who are you, uh, who are you rooting for? I don't know. I mean, in a way, I want them all to just combine forces and become yeah, like a their own superpowers. It would be good. I, uh, Snoop, we know he loves he loves hockey Big and fan. weed. Yeah, it's gonna be. Uh, Calgary Wranglers are uh, currently taking on the Abbotsford Canucks, as we know. Rhett's favorite series setup of all time. It's a five-game series, the best of five. And the Wranglers had the first two games at home. Now the final three will go to uh, to Abbotsford. Game one, Wranglers win it. Goal by Jacob Pelche in overtime. Game two on Friday. Once again, take a look-see here. So As they play the, tonight? Uh, Must play tonight. Two days off? No, no, no. Game uh, game three oh. is on Wednesday. Not to Wednesday. A break there. Yeah, that's huh. right. Where did you see him there? That's... Uh, Let's go back to the dome. Take a listen here. This is, uh, yeah, let her, let her go. Little play here. Back to Matthew Phillips. Low wrister, hard. Off the bar and in. That's where you want to put it, Rhett. That was off the bar? It Just looked a like foot, it knuckled. Footing a bit off, little foot and a bit off the ice. Hard, <laughs> hard for the goalie. 
Yeah. You don't like that goal? And of course, it's a big win. So there you go. It's the uh, the dancing, uh, the dancing at the dome. Oh, baby, we got to put some clothes on this guy. That's gross. Yeah, get him a Wranglers like jersey on. No. Yeah. Let's start with pants. Pants of some sort. I don't care. Jeans, jorts, cargos, something. Cavalry FC got the home portion of their season going yesterday at Cofield. Positively lovely on a beautiful Sunday afternoon. Cavalry would end up in a one-all draw with Valor FC. The lone goal off the left foot of Meyer Bevan. Three games into the season now for Cavalry. Three draws. No wins. No losses. They will travel and face the new Vancouver FC entry into the CPL this weekend. As for home action, next one coming up May 13th, they will host Halifax. There you go. Did you see Travis Kelsey go viral on the weekend? I Kansas City organized an outdoor music festival. It uh, he loves he loves to party. The Kelsey Jam in Kansas City had Machine Gun Kelly, had Rick Ross. Um, I know you're real jealous that you weren't there, but here he is. He's kind of slight drinking the beer off of the uh, Lombardi Trophy. Gonna s spike the beer can, and then spike the trophy. Ooh. Now there's some debate as to which trophy is it the actual? Is it one of the mini ones that you get when you're, you know, when you're a player? Is it a is it a gimmick toy that he brought on? It's a bad look. He, it's not a good look. To think that he that he went to Toys R Us and got like a replica feels like that's too much prep for Kelsey. Details are sketchy at this point, right? Uh, NFL draft weekend. Three of the first four picks, quarterbacks, Bryce Young, Carolina Panthers. Um, now, you know, sometimes at the draft, teams will get someone other than a member of their scouting staff or their coaches or who, owner, whatever, to announce the selection at the podium, or at least, you know, have Goodell not announce it. New York Jets, 13-year-old cancer survivor Kyle Stickles made their first pick at 15th overall, and he was ready. Take a listen. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Goodell. I'd also like to thank the NFL, the New York Jets, and the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Northeastern New York for giving me this opportunity tonight. Yeah! boy. Let's get it. With the 15th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets! Select Will McDonald, linebacker, Iowa State. Let's go! I do love it. I love that the kid was ready. Because, you know, a lot of times, ah, oh, thank you, you're very meek. No, he was he was ready to go. But it's not my favorite, Rhett. And I'm not sure if you've seen this one. This one goes back to 2022. The draft is in Vegas. Kyle Brandt of Good Morning Football from the NFL Network. Big Buffalo Bills guy, big fan. He was given the, uh, the honor of making their third round selection. He had the Zubaz pants and the gear and everything going. Have you seen this one? I this have is a not. good one. If you, this is a good one. This was the uh, third rounder in 2020, uh, 2022. Here he is. The Buffalo Bills selection. 
Good evening, Las Vegas. Good evening, my brothers and sisters on the NFL Network. And good evening, Western New York. I find it perfect that the Bills are drafting in this city of luck, of chance, because you all know, and I know, the only thing in this world that can stop Josh Allen is the flip of a coin. So, Mafia, mount up! And every other fan base, listen up! Chiefs fans, Raiders fans, Bengals fans, in my hands, I hold the most important pick of this entire round because this pick is the only pick who will win the Super Bowl in his rookie year. With the 89th pick of the 2022 NFL Draft, the Super Bowl 57 champion Buffalo Bills select my man, Jarrell Bernard, linebacker Baylor. So <laughs> nicely done. Nicely. He goes full wrestling heel with the uh, with the promo, and he had the the buffalo wing in his jacket pocket, ready to go for uh, for the exclamation That's point. On the beautiful. NFL. I love that they do it. I do too. I love and I love that they have fun with it. Right? It's fun and yeah. enjoy yourself, Pete's sake. And speaking of which, Red, remember it was a couple weeks ago, maybe it was last week, where uh, we introduced you to Drew Maggi, the uh, 33-year-old ball player. It's 13 years, over 1,100 games in the minors. Finally got called up. Pittsburgh Pirates brought him up to the show Saturday. Doubleheader for the Pirates. Didn't play in game one. Was on the bench in game two. Gets tapped on the shoulder. You can see there's top seven. Pirates are well in front. Little pinch hit here with a runner on uh, on third Sends it to the corner. Little stand-up double. Not too bad, eh? Not too bad. Now he was optioned back, and that's uh, that's probably it for that story. But pretty cool, Rhett. Damn Pretty cool, cool stuff. Awesome. Going to get a 39 jersey. Kelly Chase. There you go. That is the, that's the Pinder Report, a presentation of Village Honda. Detailing packages for your vehicle start at just $79.95. Clean winter off. It's it's time. Get ready. Book your detailing today at your dealership for life. Do it online, villagehonda.com. In the Northwest Auto Mall, it is Village Honda. Um, guest standing by. We're going to get to him in just one second. I want to tell you about Nova. I was texting with Justin this morning, and um, uh, he, he's willing to admit he took the loss. He's like, I, I guess we're not very good at... Uh, at drafting playoff hockey. I think they were loaded up with Kings. I'm trying to remember who else they had. I'm not sure what they have left. I think uh, maybe Luke Hughes is kind of the last, the last hope that they have. It's not going well. Either way, Mother's Day, gentlemen. Wakey, wakey. Mother's Day is next on the uh, on your in your ledger. Just get it ready. 
because chances are you got a wife or a mom or somebody you're buying something and it all comes back to what what do you want to do for the wow factor Finadova, calgary's only store that specializes exclusively in lab-grown diamonds the uh, the savings in the neighborhood of 80 percent so you get more for your money or you just save a ton custom designs vena nova can do that too it takes a few it takes a few weeks to get that custom piece done so plan now but get it get it get figured out you can go online at venanova.com visit the showroom on the second level of stephen avenue place but uh, we once again are taking care of you what do you get mom for mother's day it's easy you go to vena nova and it takes care of itself Again, I'm going to take you back, Brett, to about a week ago. And, well, I guess what day is Maybe it was Wednesday of last week. I played you a video of Charles Barkley, and we love Charles. And he was on, they do, he and Ernie, they do a bit of a, a podcast. And Charles shared this story, which we, uh, we kept around. We'll play it for you one more time here. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So I read this story about this guy named David Murphy. Um, he was a, He's an Army veteran, and he had PTSD. And he inspired me, Ernie. So... He was he had PTSD and he he got really really heavy uh, from some experience in his life, and he gained a lot of weight. And he said his daughter asked him to play one day, and he said, "You know, Dad is too big to play." And he said he went and cried, and this dude has lost 170 pounds. How about that? He's lost 170 pounds. And you know how I feel about veterans and teachers and things like yeah. that. This guy, it inspired me so much. It made me just really, I don't even know where he lived. His name is David Murphy. He's lost 100. How'd you find out about that? I was reading it somewhere. Uh, and he said, yeah, 
from sadness to happiness was the article about it. He says, yeah, my daughter asked me to work out or go play with her, and I couldn't play with her. And he says he's lost 170 pounds. He just inspired me. And I just want to say, David Murphy, thank you for being a veteran first and foremost. But, man, go, go that's awesome. Motivation takes a lot of different forms. It does, doesn't it? You know, I, some are motivated by money or whatever, but sometimes it's something – as I want to play, much as I want to play with my daughter, I and I can't do it in this condition. I, and and it just like I was like, man, it just warmed my heart. Yeah. I think we're all kind of naturally kind of gravitated to these stories with everything that goes on in the world. These these stories are great. And then uh, there was from there, you kind of well, who is this guy? And did a little bit of looking and getting into the Twitter account and uh, shared his story. And uh, there were some photos. And so there you see it. We don't need to run through it, but a lot of issues between the ages of 18 and 40. But there you see in the photo, he has turned his life around. Well, Charles Barkley talking about a guy and it's on his on his Twitter. He's wearing a Calgary Stampeder jersey. What the H is going on? Welcome to Barn Burner, our next guest, the man who has inspired, I'm, I know, more than just Charles Barkley, from Claire's Home, Alberta. David Murphy, who's got his, he said he was, he was, gave the heads up. He said, guys, I'm going to be wearing my Leafs jersey, just so you know. It's going to be, uh, I have no other choice. But uh, <laughs> Dave, we'll allow it. How are you, man? Thanks for being here. How's, uh, how's the uh, social media and your life been the last week or so? Uh, I don't know. Well, the first thing I need to put out there, you can hear me okay? Yeah, we got you. Okay. Um, I guess Charles hearing that story, I'm not a veteran, I'm a civilian. I did run a military charity for 14 years. So I don't know if that's where that came from, but that's the first thing I need to clear up. But my it's been it's been crazy. Like God, oh, 24 million views in three weeks and just easily fourteen hundred messages from like fellow dads and moms. And they're like the dads are talking about their mental health, which is you know we don't like to talk about that. We're too proud, right? So all these guys are reaching out to me, and I, if I can't help them directly, I'm leading them in the right direction. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger had posted it. He reached out to me. Um, this group called Dudes Posting Their Wins. It's it's just been unreal. And normally, with uh, with having PTSD, the littlest thing can trigger you, uh, even if it's just a troll. They're the one you stay up at night thinking about, but so far so good. I'm I'm holding yeah. it together pretty well. Well, I do want to get into detail about about that, but I, I I was just I was kind of fascinated. When, how does Charles Barkley find your story, and when like when does he talk about it, and then when do you find out that, dude, he's talking about me? That's this is unbelievable. It had to have been a surreal thing. Walk us through it. Um. Well, yeah, I've never. I haven't really watched basketball since he was in the league with Michael Jordan. Pretty much, and then I watched a couple of Raptors games that year they won. But um, I've always liked him, and I like his love of hockey and how he uh, <laughs> he even talks about hockey in some of the NBA shows, which is which is kind of cool. But I had actually just gotten a message request and was like, "Hey, I'm the producer of this podcast. I just wanted to share this clip with you." And I'm like, "Okay, what is this? Thinking it might be spam." And then I open it up, and here's. Like, like, it wasn't just a share or a repost. You could, like, his words actually seemed uh, generally sincere, which is, 
at one point I noticed he, he looked down at his at his arm here like he was almost getting chills just talking about it and that was that was pretty cool yeah so you mentioned PTSD it uh, so not in the military civilian but you do have uh, there, there there was a instance in an altercation uh, earlier in in your life that uh, that triggered a lot of a lot of what got you up to the weight and the the situation that you were in uh, can you talk about that night and I guess unfortunately how your life started to spiral well you know a lot of people say I'm so sorry that happened to you and when I look at everything now, I'm not. It's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I was just walking home in Ottawa, and three guys came up and started chirping at me, and then they came at me, and, of course, I didn't know how to defend myself back then, three guys. And uh, they knifed me 13 times. I lost half the muscle in my upper left leg, nine in my back. I had one wound that's my heart by an inch. And so it, it messed me up for a lot of years. I needed to have a lot of... A lot of anxiety attacks, which I used to go to the pub and, and drink, make them go away. And not just the bottle, I was, I was drinking by the pitcher. And uh, nobody knew, you know, I hid it from everyone. I was the happy, fun, drunk Leafs guy at the bar, just a whole party guy, right? And then it's six nights a week. And I found out I was going to become a dad. So I'm like, all right, it's time to go get some help for this. So I went to see a couple therapists, whatever. but. Um, what really saved me in some extent was finding boxing. Um, I posted online. There was the first time I tried a gym, there was two guys behind me on a treadmill and I still hear them, but, um, one guy was like, oh, I hope they reinforce those wheels. And the other guy was like, oh, look at his neck. It's like a big pack of sausages. And it really messed me up. I didn't go again. And just kept plugging away on my own. And when I lost, I lost a hundred pounds first. I I put a thank you online to them. I'm like, not to condone this, but just you know what? Thank you for the motivation. Because I, I still hear you in my head. And when I pound on away at a heavy bag, I still hear them. And uh, yeah, so here I am now, 170 pounds down. And I put on a post on Twitter, and I was like, man, I'd love to spar with these guys and some former UFC fighter actually wrote me a message he's like dude you've already knocked them out like just forget about it so that was, that was yeah. cool. <laughs> but uh, the biggest thing and what charles barkley was talking about there was uh three weeks ago i posted a picture of me and my daughter she's she'll be nine on july 1st and we we're at her school fight year and she was maybe four and a half and she's like oh dad let's let's race home let's race home and i look at her I'm like sweetie you know your dad can't run i was almost i was 392 um i couldn't even walk a kilometer at the time with my leg with a heavy leg cramps so. and just that look on her face like i can still see it in my head and uh, the little fire and i mean now when i take her to like a, a tree house or a place and i'm like i used to just sit and wash from the table but now i'm making my way up there and going outside and just chasing her around and her little smile man i'll never go back ever I would guess for for a lot of people, whether it's addiction or, or issues, it's, it's never just a straight line when when there's improvement. There's you know maybe you dip back down and then you got to get back up again, and uh, you, you fall down and you got to get up. For you, what, what was there any of that where whether it was mate, the weight loss or the mental capacity 
where there was a, a backward step and then you kind of just, you fall into that, ah, I'm just a big guy. I'm always going to be a big guy. Why was I even thinking that I could lose weight and be that guy? Did you have to fight that? Did you have any of those situations? Yeah, I started and failed about maybe six or seven times. I'd lose some weight, put it back on. Lose some weight, start drinking again, put it back on. And, um, you know, that's why there's reset buttons. You just got to forget about it, try again. And uh, there's been times, but like even with all this, like I've gotten, I haven't gone to a gym for two weeks or, you know, but then I'll read some of my people I've met and I'll read their stories. And I was like, okay, I can't. Um, I can't let this slip. My biggest tip to anybody starting out or thinking about doing this is pick your favorite charity, uh, post a tweet, post a Facebook status, whatever you use, and say, listen, I'm going to lose this much weight. I'm going to donate $1 a pound to this charity for every week that I, that every pound that I drop. Um, I did that with a group called Can Praxis, they're a horse therapy program for veterans and first responders with PTSD. And then on days when you don't want to go, you know, you're going to think about A, is that charity? B, your friends and family you post this through. C, it's out there. Like you can delete it. Um, when I hit my goal, I had eight people match me. Then somebody matched all those people and someone matched all those people. My little $1 pound turned into almost $28,000. So it's, it's amazing. You never know. Right? It's crazy. So uh, I know Rhett wants to, uh, he, the, the biggest issue that Rhett had was the, uh, the Stampeder Jersey. Cause of course he's a big Ryder fan. So I know Rhett really, oh, boy. To... well, I didn't know there was a Leafs Jersey attached to it. I mean, that's doubling down on trouble. So have you enjoyed the Leafs victories? Has it been inspiring for you? You know what? I'm one of the same ones. I haven't been as much as I want to. I haven't chirped the Bruins. I haven't chirped Tampa. Um, I actually got suspended on Twitter for 12 hours on Thanksgiving in America last year because <laughs> because I, I tweeted the Bruins that I hope somebody serves them burnt turkey. And yeah, they suspended me, said it was hateful towards a group or something. So I'm, I'm much nicer now online. So it's easy. <laughs> uh, my, my daughter likes the Leafs. It's the first time she'll be nine. And she says to me on the day of the game, uh, Dad, maybe we'll see what a happy handshake actually looks like to me. And uh, yeah, we got the watcher. So everything is gravy at this point. I'm happy. Um, I'd love to see them go further. It's just I don't. It's gonna be weird watching hockey in May. I don't. I don't know what that's like in a long time. <laughs> it, it is. It does give you that perspective when you start to look and everyone's uh, back in 2004. Here's what was happening, and this is what was going on. We had the Ian Mendez. His kid was wasn't even born and now he's picking them up from uh from university but um I, I just want to thank you for your time i think that's a cool story and uh, i think like ernie said motivation comes from a lot of in, in a lot of different forms and places and it's got to be surreal for you to think you know there you are doing what you do get up in the morning go to bed at night just a normal guy but that you yourself are now empowering and inspiring other people is that kind of a overwhelming thing to soak in uh it can be overwhelming i do run a little private page for people that are in the same boat i was so um, i'm working out with a couple of, there's actually a guy that i met that's moving to alberta so we're going to get together and do some workouts um 
Yeah, it's everyone always says, I'm so sorry that happened to you. But to me, it's, you know, I, it's kind of finding my purpose, just helping out other people. And then, honestly, if I had kept on that path, I wouldn't even be a guest on your show today. I probably wouldn't be here. And uh, well, I'm, someone, a, someone a... said to me. <laughs> no, I was just going to say what, how, how horrible it would be if you would have never been on this show. That would have been a huge loss for you. And of all the things in life that uh, you would never have experienced to be on this, uh, this podcast. Well, I just... but, uh, yeah. The way I look at it is, you know, my daughter's almost nine. And the way I look at it that keeps me on this is I want to walk her down the aisle. I don't want six guys carrying me down the aisle. Awesome. Well, that's a great story, man. Congratulations on all of it. And uh, I guess go Leafs go if we're going to keep oh, <laughs> the good vibes going. I guess that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm glad everything is going great for you, David. Appreciate your time. Uh, take care of yourself. All right. Thanks. Keep it up, right. David. Thanks, dude. Thank you. There you go. That's 175. That is, uh, I don't even know how you... How when when you're how, how do you start that right everybody will, and I'm in that same boat was well how do you even get started there's so much to do there's so much ground to cover what's the point of even starting look how much there is to do if there was a, a day for Dave and there was a day for a, for a lot of people and whether it's well PTSD you have to find that day you need the day you gotta find it if you don't start that day then it only gets worse pretty cool. Leaps though, eh? Jeez. That will allow There's it. A lot of boxing too. I could have asked him about that. Why boxing? Well, it's like Muay Thai, right? You're you're big enough. I really that. liked it. It is a, if, if you're looking for a great workout, I think boxing, Muay Thai, all those things are good. They are. Make you sweat. I was fine with the Muay Thai. Little love for uh, our buddy. Smandich. I was fine doing the training and the workouts until he started to punch back. That was, what are we doing here? Like, no, I, yeah, you got to get your hands up now, kick and a TT, whatever it is. And then he'd start coming back. It's like, I'm too fucking tired for this, man. Stop it. And he's just kind of like pawing at you. Like, pawing, yeah. No, stop, man. I'm, Jesus. I'm scared. Stop it. <laughs> I am, my whole body is, uh, I'm just one, I was going to say cramp, but that's not really it. I'm just, I'm a full head to toe muscle strain from the last two, three days. Oh. I did a lot this weekend retro. You'd have been proud. I got the Yard garage work? all cleaned out. We got the lawn, the patio furniture done. We got the pad, the, the rake leaves, all of it done. If I dropped a pen on the ground, it's just gone. Just chalk it up. It's it's over. You drop it your cell phones. I guess I gotta I gotta get another phone because I can't yeah. bend over and pick it up. My <laughs> God. Oh. I was raking for about fifteen minutes. Oh, raking kills. And then me. I had the old Ken, the old Ken Dryden, <sighs> 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 leaning on the thing. Neighbors are driving by. Hey, yeah, no, I'm not dying. I'm fine. I'm I'm okay. Good God almighty. God. 
so I guess yeah, that was my that was my day one. Yeah, you started now. Keep it up. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Back on the Pelto. Yeah. But now, see, I'm ready for Green Drop to come by. Got all the all not all of it, but you got the dead grass. We've done the raking. Got all the leftover leaves from the fall, and now that soil, it's just ready. Just ready for the greenkeepers to come by and do their work. Applications, safe for your pets, treated in just a few minutes, 100% guaranteed. Easier than you think. Go online, greendrop.com. They have different packages there. They've got the beautiful basics. It's your micronutrients and weed control. All the way up to the beautiful premium package. Aeration, overseeding, the exclusive to Greendrop soil booster to help make your lawn healthy and lush all summer long. And it does not take long. You get a little, they come by, you start to put a little bit of water on it. Before you know it, it's going to be uh, not just green, but it gets nice and thick. It's where you want to take your, your shoes and your, your slides off and just walk in it. Oh, it's so soft. So soft. Have a nap. Oh yeah. Just cuddle right up. Greendrop.com. Click on that QR code on our YouTube uh, feed right there. That QR code going to take you to the website going to save you some money get you a nice little barn burner discount with green drop you're not getting green drop service at your house here are you and you don't even live here seems like a waste well the grass has to look good when i get home hmm. guess so i was going to ask you and you brought it up earlier and i uh i didn't grab the video being a long weekend i kind of forget what's what's still news and what isn't news and we'll double back on daryl in a moment but you had talked about rick bonus and the comments that he had after the jets lost to vegas on thursday just talked about how there was no pushback there was no really kind of called into question or called out the jets for not having any pushback or not his words they quit. But heart desire that they yeah. quit um interesting to throw it out there when the season's over there's nothing left to play for and then blake wheeler at the season ending availabilities basically said um wasn't happy to hear that there's other ways to go about that than to do it in the media we can talk behind closed doors that sort of thing so he didn't appreciate it i was very curious to get your thoughts on on both sides bonus with the uh with the comments and again to me it was more that the season was over if you had another game to play you're trying to rally the troops or whatever and i'm sure that's how he felt i don't think he was making it up for effect but to shortly after the game in the post-game media throw that out and then wheeler with his uh rebuttal i was okay with well i'm more okay with bonus and his evaluation of his team i mean sure there are different times you can say that stuff and maybe if you didn't say it in the room i don't know if you didn't say it to the players and but i feel like i heard that sort of comment out of him a month ago when they were trying to get into the playoffs and i feel like i've heard the complaints about that squad from other coaches and i feel like a coach quit on that team last year because he said i can't get these guys to commit or not even commit, but to put in full effort. So clearly they need someone else. And I would say I'm more disappointed in Wheeler's comments than bonus bonus is being asked what his thoughts are. I think he's giving an honest and truthful answer. There's a lot of us from afar that question what's going on in that dressing room. And with that team, cause you look at the talents and you're like, geez, they, 
sure don't perform to what you would expect. And for Wheeler to come out and basically say the coach is, uh, he doesn't have to answer it that way. He can say, yeah, we should have done better. It's not the result we wanted. We're going to regroup and next year, right? Like get it done. But Mm -hmm. it seems odd to me. Not that anyone publicly took a shot at Daryl and Calgary, but they seem similar where they weren't trying to hide it either because a lot of people knew or speculated or said they'd kind of been told kind of behind the scenes that, no, we're not playing for this guy anymore. I'm done with this guy. And then he got Wheeler coming out publicly, you know, basically questioning bonus and... I didn't like what Wheeler said. I didn't like it. And, you, and and Wheeler, to me, who's the captain, should be on the same page as the coach, trying to get the guys to play. I think Wheeler's part of the issue there. He ain't performing up to, up to the standards that that team needs. And if he's your captain and he's not leading, if his demands aren't the same as bonus, and he's not drawing as the players, and and and, and those are the. That's the level of competition that 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 team's putting forth. I'm, there should be a lot of questions in Winnipeg right now from the fans and the management as to what the hell is going on. Well, and part of that is uh, Wheeler is no longer the captain. They actually took the C away from him. Oh, that's right. So, right, it's, which again, I don't know if there's similarities, but team without a captain team without a leader questions about the relationship with the coach one coach uh, and again this is not that's probably where it's similarities at least for this end but yeah Paul Maurice left because he left. was he was <laughs> there's I'm, I'm not going to be coming back I'm either not going to be, be renewed or I'm not I may as well just do it now get somebody in here and see if they can start to make things work and I can't help but wonder maybe that's the parallel with true living if you look at it, so he was asked to come back and didn't because this this environment with this makeup is not going to turn itself around on its own. Yeah, this is a big pile of muck, and I don't want. I've tried my best, and I can't get these guys. I can't draw it out of them. Somebody else have a shot at it. I I don't know. You, you, players used. Coaches and there was shit that happened to guys back in the day that just wasn't right. And the treatment of players was, was, you know, not by all coaches, by some coaches was downright horrific in ways. And you don't want that anymore. You don't want it for your kids. And and even though guys are getting paid lots of money, they shouldn't be uh, booted around like a, anyway. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't know that it's the player's job to monitor who the coach is, right? Like sometimes it's it's a it's because I said so sort of situation. You're the player, I'm the coach. This is the chain of command. You don't need to question the things that I'm telling you, right? And it, I know it's a different world, but it seems like there's a lot of the players are very powerful. Uh, and they always have been, I guess, but they're just a little more outspoken or a little less, well, just more outspoken in, yeah. and willing to shit talk coaches, I guess. And I find that a little bit surprising. 
And 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 it's funny. It usually comes from teams that are underperforming. So yeah. again, it goes back to who's the problem? The, co- the coach? Like, yeah. So it's the coach's job to get you to play good, but you don't like the coach, so you don't bother to play good. But nobody could question your motives. I don't know. I don't like it. It's tough because we do play the blame game. And I can see how a lot of people have ended up on, you know, seeing Daryl as the problem. And I get that some people will look and say that, well, this is Treliving's fault. Look at this team. This team he put together can't do anything. And some just look at the players. But we know it, it is. It's that combination of things. When a team is winning and a player has a hard time with a coach, probably that player isn't getting the power play time or the ice time that he thinks he deserves. And it probably hurts that the team is winning despite his not contributing to the extent that he feels he should be. But then when you lose, it's all, it's a free for all. And, you know, you look back at it now between losing Kachuk and losing Goudreau, you knew there was, that was going to impact Lindholm a certain way. You've then got one of your, a, a new top four D and a star forward coming in. And the coach, and it, and again, I, they were five and one. There was something that that whole Euler thing, and I know Euler fans take pride in it that it was in the playoffs last year, and that game was the first of a seven-game skid. But that's where you said it at the time. The next game, the the line combos changed, and everything got thrown into the blender, and it wasn't long before it was the Huberto taking a shit and all that sort of thing. It's almost too clear to see that that's when things went sideways well that's easy to look back on it now so uh, i'm going to add a third issue that with this squad and it's going to be a, a to me it's lindholm and the reason i i'm concerned about this is that his buddies left for greener pastures now gaudreau maybe didn't turn out but do you think Lindholm's not looking at Kachuk in Florida going, boy, I like playing with that guy. I'm a year away from being a free agent, and I can go down to Florida, reunite with a buddy, <laughs> play in that atmosphere again with the tax. Uh, it's probably getting too far ahead. But I there's a lot of issues with this team that still need to be resolved is the point I'm trying to make. And some of them might not even be in our control. The GM could, again, offer all the money in the world. Well, first of all, they can't because they're up against the cap issue. And secondly, the free agents that can decide on their own. And even if it's not Florida necessarily, it's... No, just different situation. Yeah. Yeah. What are you offering me here? Okay, I've been here a long time. Sure, I'm used to the city and you can't... That is something that players think about and they're comfortable, you know, that absolutely. If you have kids and family, even more so. But you get one kick at it to kind of pick your spot a lot of times. And there's a whole bunch of them coming up. Did they see other guys that have left and have success? Now, again, control, I wouldn't say had success, but you can whoever takes this over the the muck is still there i guess is the point i'm trying to make there's a lot that has to be sifted through and 
if you're a new GM with a new coach, are you status quo for next season? Yeah. You might have to be, but I don't know if it's a smart thing. I was going to ask you, because now we know there's going to be a new GM and, and coach. Does that at all affect how you approach next season and next season being well, I guess this off season, there's so much work for this GM. I almost don't know if Conroy should take it. Just just, just oh. like your living, just walk away. But uh, you've got all of those unrestricted free agents in a year's time. What are you doing this year? But as the new GM, you can't be so, so focused on this year all of a sudden. You're not bringing Daryl back for one more run. It's not the run it back thing. You're year one of a, what you hope to be a three, five, seven, ten year run. <laughs> Do you, would it, would it not, if you were the GM, would you not be thinking to hell with this year? I want to build the team that I want, that I think in three, four years from now can be a division winner. And we're going rounds in the playoffs, not trying to get in. Well, that's what I've been clamoring for, for years. So yes, I am with you on that problem being you are saddled with some shitty contracts that are win now contracts. They aren't going to improve with time. They're going to get worse. So I don't know how you how you do. I, I don't think it's an unachievable situation where you can't revamp this team. Or Again, all options are open. Stick with it. You get a couple more wins and you're in the playoffs. So you could be the Florida Panthers maybe and have something happen for you. Or clean house as much as possible. You've got that option. The issue that Pinder will always bring up is the two big contracts that you'd want to probably get rid of seem very difficult to dump right now. Yeah, I, I wonder if 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 the GM, you look at it, whereas if it was Treliving or whoever, if things were going to remain the way they were, you want to start the season with Backland and Hannafin and Lindholm. But if I'm the GM, I can't help but wonder if big picture... What can I get for these guys? What can I get for them right now? Now, maybe we get into the season, you can get more, and it doesn't need to be, be before this draft. It could be before the next draft or whatever. But I'll tell you what, I would have a hard time. I'd have a hard time rolling the dice and entering next year with all of those guys, hoping that the season, hoping that you win, and then hoping that you get something for them at the end of at the end of the season i just you can't get both you can't have it all you can't have both it's a slippery slope i mean the only th <laughs> the only thing that the new gm has is a is time he's not going to be under the gun to win i don't think his job isn't going to be judged on one season as in next season so you could go in with all the same guys and if there's success, try to keep everybody here and maybe it works out or you can dump guys. I, it's, I, I don't know. It is a, it's a weird one. But remember, we, we learned in the press conference that uh, the staff, they can't even say the word rebuild. It's playoffs. No. That's the mandate every year. I don't know that that would change. Well, Although I wonder, that, I, I, that, I wonder how deep, sorry to jump on you. I just wonder, cause obviously this is a huge shift of everything. The GM and the coach are gone. This is a massive, this is a, you know, this has shaped the entire foundation of the franchise. I wonder how far it goes. Does it go all the way to Murray? Does he maybe, cause he sees, he hears it's his team. I wonder, does he have pause and think that maybe 
the playoffs or bust mentality doesn't always work. I would hope that the level of dysfunction that we feel like we saw would open a lot of eyes down at Saddledome Drive or whatever it is. And Murray's yeah. probably the eyes that most, well, I don't know if they need to be opened, but at least realistically listening to what has happened, transpired, and really where it is. I think by firing Sutter, there is a signal that, oh, this, this is a bit more of a shit show than maybe I had imagined. And so does that change philosophies? I don't know. Is that a make Murray go? Oh, maybe maybe we can have a rebuild. I doubt it. it. Won't be words I use, but again, anyone with half a brain can go. It's a retool, and we're going to be back in two years. Nobody, you don't have to go around admitting. Murray doesn't have to scream from the rooftops. Rebuild, dumping everybody for nothing, and re-. no, no, no. It's not the world you live. You don't have to say that. You don't have to be the Buffalo Sabers and miss the playoffs for a decade straight to try and put together a squad that could compete. It can happen quickly. Get the right people in place. And I think as importantly as all of this, find guys that want to be Calgary Flames. That's your biggest issue moving forward now. You got guys, free agents. Do you want to be a Calgary Flame or not? If you don't, we got to get, we, we can't sit around and let you leave us high and dry. And Get guys who want to be flames because you don't want to have to overpay to keep everybody. You're overpaying a lot of your top guys just to keep them in Calgary. It's what happened in Winnipeg is very similar. They've they've given guys extra dough because they're in Winnipeg, and that's an issue. And Buffalo was the same way, except they were so shitty for so long. They always had a blank slate because they didn't ever make the playoffs or put together a squad that was competitive. But now they've gathered a group of guys that enjoy being Buffalo Sabres. And I think that's, you have to, in these markets, that has to be a big part of what you're trying to do. Do you want to be a Calgary Flame? First and foremost, we'll work on the rest of it after that. If, if, we get, if they're only there for the paycheck, it won't work. It won't work. Well, and it has to be that situation, and, and you've talked about it too. You have to want to be here, but it can't be the, yeah, I could retire in Calgary. Let's no, sign the deal and we'll build our big house, and that'll be it. That'll be, yeah, I, I want to be in Calgary. It can't be that either, right? So it's, no. Uh, I, so let me ask you this. We're led to believe that Marie Edwards is in town that came back. Now, whether, when, when he arrived, why he arrived, if he is here, but it's all speculation. But we're led to believe that he's here. Uh, Jerome McGinley is here. He had an event at uh, what Chesterbeer, I think, on the weekend for the he's you know for that pizza. See the pizza commercials. Was at the Wranglers game. Where's Jerome McGinley in all this? Does he just came back for an event, seeing some buddies, or is is he in this mix somewhere no. in some way, shape, or form? I, I think he's absolutely on the list of guys that I would be stunned if he is not part of the Calgary Flames within the next year to two. And if he's not here by the start of September, 
It's his. I would guess it's his personal choice. He's got a kid with another year of hockey. He's got one lot. I think that after that he'll be moving on, and it's probably a situation where Jerome can't coach or be involved as much. So I, I hope and pray that he is back because he was a great Calgary Flame, one of the best, and I do believe within two years he'll be part of the organization. In what capacity? I don't know. Well, I was going to ask you because I've seen a lot of people that say uh, he he could be the manager, be the director of player, this or that. I I don't know. You kind of do you see him more as a coach, more of a guy that's got to be with the team? I don't know. That's a tough one, right? Like who's and who's a GM? Well, his buddy. If it's his buddy, I could see the two of them, those two up there in the front office nattering at each other and arguing like they did on the plane all the time it would be i i honest to god can see that 100 percent. you brought this up a while ago and it's not that no one we hadn't thought of it it's yeah it's with jerome just his intensity and we know that as, as a coach or whatever but ever since you brought it up i i'm with you i'm i'm in i don't i just don't see if Jerome wants to be here, let's. Which office do you want? Let's find you an office. We'll get you a, a computer set up, and let's go. Who was who was the next best Calgary? Before Jerome was the best Calgary Flame, who was the best Calgary Flame? Yeah, is it Theo? Is it Lanny McDonald's? What yeah. is the? I would say one of the biggest, and I don't know why he wasn't or if he wanted to, but I would think one of the biggest misses from an organizational standpoint is not having or having had a guy like Lanny McDonald involved for the past 20 years. Iggy's that guy. Now, do you really want, again, Jerome can make these decisions for himself, but as an organization, do you really want Jerome McGinley to go somewhere else if he chooses or is the right move to get him back to Calgary? The guy that loved playing for the, the city who took pride in wearing the jersey, who immediately, Marty St. Louis in uh, Montreal, who immediately brings credibility because of his playing career. You want him to not be part of your organization? For what reason? I know. For what reason? Do you, right? Like, and he might not be this or that. You know, he might not be a statistician to the, uh, as much as, Pinder would like you to be. But it's, I and I think this about across the league, all the people working in the game are excellent. And I, th- you can even go further back. The guy that's playing in the AHL and on the cusp and, and missed his opportunity to get into the NHL, it, it, it might be a 5% diff- It might be 2% different. There's a million guys that never got their chance in the NHL. The difference between a guy that's not, Lanny McDonald, if he had been part of the Calgary Flames organization and had been a GM and all this, he'd have done a damn good job. These aren't jobs that can't be learned and figured out. And a lot of it's a gamble right? You're going to take a stab at a trade. It doesn't always work out. You're going to believe in your draft. Yes. And 
My point being to differentiate between success and failure for GMs and coaches, it's a pretty fine line. It could be a bounce here, a bounce there, a wacky pick in the sixth round that turns into a superstar, right? Making your first round picks count. All they're just little things, and and if if if, if you got handed the reins in in uh, wherever uh, who's drafted well the last couple in Toronto, if you had got handed the reins in Toronto, would you not have drafted Marner and Matthews and all signed right? Like some of the stuff's pretty obvious. Yeah. My point being, there's not a huge difference between guys that are maybe out of the game and the guys that if they got the chance would have just as much success if they got into the game. And I think Jerome, well, yeah. Connie, if they might never get an opportunity, but if they do, I think they'll do a damn fine job. And on both cases, and I know Craig better than Jerome, but I think both of those guys are would be very willing to collaborate and to hear other people's opinions and to take all of that in. Cause like you say, uh, because you're not deep into analytics, doesn't mean that you think they're stupid. It just means you're not into them. That's how about somebody in the room that is really into it. And let's have that conversation. That's obviously what it would be. I just, man, I just see Jerome as one of those coaches. Cause I think as a coach today, you need to be so many things. You almost need to be like a father figure and you need to be a sounding board, but you have to be able to your word, has to mean something when it's time to do something you got to be able to have that gravitas in the room and i see jerome so much like a rod brindamore where it's we're 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 buddies to a point and can you outwork me in the gym no you can't can you out take it on the ice no you can't have you done more no you can't and i just think with how driven he is and his experience in the game and his likability. I just think he would so easily relate to the players today, whether we like it or not, players are different. They need to, you don't just tell them to do it. They would need to know why that sort of thing. Jerome just feels like that kind of a guy to me. The only thing I would say is that coaching is a shorter stint than GMing. Or, you yeah. know, the management side of things. And if his buddy Conroy's up there, again, I can see the two of them. Empty nest. Kids are out of the house. They're sitting in the dome till the wee hours of the morning yelling at each other. They will argue. They're great friends, but they would love to scream and yell at each other and, and have different opinions and debate, debate, debate. Well, I guess for good or bad, but. Anyway, I, 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 anyway, you asked the question. I think Jerome, I think he's part of the organization very soon. If not this yeah. year, very soon. And if he's not, I think it's a miss. Well, and like you said, if, if he has designs on wanting it right now, you better do it because somebody will do it for him. Some team's going to say, Jerome, we can have Jerome McGinley in our, you know, in our conversations and in our draft room and in all of this, then. That would not be a hard sell. It just, it's another one of those things. Now, again, common sense, but it would seem like it's common sense. If Jerome, this is something he wants, he's at that level, I think, that makes it pretty easy. And what a, uh, not that you can do it only for the fans, 
but for a team that right now probably could use a little bit of a image you know polish to trot out either one of those certainly conroy but if those two guys came out you you do feel that even though the roster is the same that like the team is brand new don't you if that was the new I, leadership I group yep i 100 percent do is there room for you and me in there we're gonna really push for it dean we're gonna push hard yeah. for it yeah we gotta keep we gotta blame weeds for a little while and then okay. it's, once they get their shit sorted out then we kind of poke our heads up over there hey so what seven eight texts a day or is that too much <laughs> hey man how's it going hey what are you doing how's it going hope you're doing uh, great <laughs> coming up on thursday ario speedwagon live at the gray eagle event center singing all your favorites retro you can take it on the run baby you can do all of it anyway you don't like ario speedwagon do you i do like it's ario speedwagon but i don't know what ario stands for i'll tell you off air ario speedwagon this thursday tickets available at master.ca it's just the start more things are, are coming up i saw that they had the uh the Megadeth show sold out. Holy, cr holy crap! That a sold out Megadeth show. Pack a lunch. Um, Gray Eagle Event Center again. Tickets through Ticketmaster.ca. Go to the website Gray Eagle Resort and Casino.ca. We'll do some. Uh, I'll do my Betway bets. One game tonight in the NHL, the last of round number one, and then we'll get uh, we'll get out of here. It's a Betway Boost. You go right into the Betway app on your phone, and it pops right up there in the opening page. Betway Boost. Jack Hughes, Chris Kreider, both to get a goal. One plus goals, plus 450. That's a nice big boost. And Kreider's scoring, seems like, every game. And Hughes, if it's going to be the Devils, it may as well be him. Plus 450. Wow. And then Adam Fox, no goals, all assists, don't care. One plus power play point. Plus 135. I love both of those. Plus money on both sides. Now, did you... I asked you earlier. Betway, bets of the day. Get the Betway app on your phone. Be responsible. Be 19. Be just, you know, mind your P's and Q's. Uh, did you have a feel on this game tonight? Too hard to tell with how it's... both teams have seemingly uh, had this thing in the bag at times. I think I picked the Rangers to win it. I think... Well, they had the better goalie. This new kid in Jersey's playing pretty well. Yeah. But I'll, I'll stick with my pick. I'll go with the Rangers. Uh, that's, But it's going to be tight. Interesting that the Rangers almost have looked a little bit slow, a little bit old at times. Yeah. With that, I mean, there's there's a young enthusiasm and speed for sure on that, uh, that devil side. But I, I'm kind of with you. I picked the Rangers, so why not? We'll go there again. That's it for the show today. I did not... Uh, didn't expect this today necessarily. I don't know. I just kind of thought that once True Living had resigned or agreed not to come back, whatever you want to call it, it just felt like that's how you were going to move into this offseason. And now what a what a huge shift. And we've said it for a long time. This is a team that needed it, clearly. To bring everyone back and just hope and wish that it was going to be better another the second time around was nonsense so i'm i'm with you to some degree uh at the end of the day we like daryl we like brad both are good guys and all that you sit and have drinks with them in the summer it's all different but in terms of this team working together 
and any kind of hope for improvement for next season. That just was not a recipe that was going to work. Yeah. Not to, we could talk about it more later, but think back a year ago where we were sitting. <laughs> None of this was envisioned by anyone. Battle of Alberta. Getting ready yeah. for the what? Battle of Alberta. Battle of Both Alberta. teams just won a playoff series. <laughs> First place team, superstars, top line in the NHL, two top lines in like years to come of of confrontation and battles of Alberta. Hmm. And speaking of which, and we can talk about it later, no Colorado, no Boston, I know. No Tampa Bay. The path um, looks like it's getting a little, you know. A little easier all Canadian <sighs> can we get one of those Elon Musk rockets and just fly right off this fucking planet <laughs> if it's the Oilers and Leafs in the finals Jesus <laughs> that's it for barn burner Frank will be back in tomorrow have a good day everybody support the sponsors love you appreciate you see you tomorrow Oilers suck yeah Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.